Hey, welcome to Gen X Voice. Nobody asked us, so let's get our voices heard. Written off years ago as the Slacker generation, we actually have brought a lot to the world behind the scenes. Now we need to bridge two opposing generations and make sure non-Karen voices are heard. I'm your host, Trish The Dish, and I'm going to interview Gen Xers being rad and doing cool shit in the world. You can follow me at Gen X Voice on Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify. Check out other podcasts, videos, and blogs at genxvoice.com. Even though the focus of this platform will be to celebrate Generation X, the goal is to interview as many people as possible from lots of generations, backgrounds, and experiences. Let's unpack some of our differences and attempt to discover what truly ties us all together. With so much division and pain in the world today, instead of shutting people down for their age or other features outside of their control, let's listen to these voices and discover common ground so we can come together and create a better world for all. I don't want to be an army one. Hi, Sharon. Hey, Trish. How's it going? That's going pretty good. How's Henry Harold Henry? He's good. He, we, I don't know what the deal's been today. We we're just running a little bit slow in our schedule and he was just taking his time eating lunch and sometimes he doesn't eat so well. So when he's actually eating, we're like, take your time, dude. But we didn't want to put him right to bed after stuffing his face. So we let him play for a little bit before nap time. I feel like it's pretty amazing that you would even have a schedule with a toddler. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's the only way that I can survive. Like we're really, I mean, he wakes up whenever he wants, which can run between like six and eight basically whoa he sleeps in that late sometimes sometimes yeah it's rare but sometimes he does which is those are the best days because we normally don't wake up until he does on the weekends like we get up a little earlier on the weekdays but um but yeah so when he does it on the weekends it's kind of the best thing ever but it's not often but he loves laying in bed in the morning so like usually we let him lay in there for like half hour to an hour before he starts to like act like he wants to get out of bed so kind of nice does he like sleep with like toys or like his best doll or stuffed animal and like yeah. feel so cozy yes he has so he we so he, he has a pillow but it's like a like an adult like regular standard size pillow in his crib so it's basically exactly the same width as his mattress so that's nice he's got like a cushy little head area up at the top and then he's got probably about 10 stuffed animals he's got a lot of stuffed animals in there and two and two blankets but yeah he has quite the setup I, we haven't even really thought about like the big boy bed thing yet we're we're not like I was just gonna ask you that that's so crazy because he's he just turned two right yes which Uh, blows my mind I know I know because when I met you you were how how long into your pregnancy were you when I met you like six months I was six months into my pregnancy when we met yeah I was I we met in March and I had him in June and I was so pregnant like I was extra pregnant at that point I feel like I was like eight months pregnant when I was six months pregnant and then but you and getting... Kylie Jenner had the same feet, wasn't that? Yeah. Like... <laughs> it was it was uh, Kim Kardashian. Oh, it was Kim. Oh yeah, it was a, it was it was Kim K. Don't sell me short. It was Kim. Oh my god, it was the yeah, it was the princess. Sorry, exactly. <laughs> Simpson too. Jessica Simpson was pregnant around the same time that I was. Oh, that's that's yeah. the picture I'm thinking in my head yeah. that you showed with the shoe. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was kind of insane. So she was my my, but now she's lost like a hundred pounds or something insane. Like she looks amazing. 
I'm like, okay, well, I haven't quite gotten to that point yet, but you know, I'll but she is also a celebrity and doesn't have to go to work every day and have a kid. And yeah, her job you know, is to get back in shape. Right. So exactly. Yeah, she has people following her around with like things that are like, here, we made this whole 30 meal for you. So go ahead and eat this right this second. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's, you know, two 30, it's time for your workout for the next three hours. Exactly. So I'm not, I'm, I don't feel bad about it, but, but yeah, she, she had massive feet. She was huge when she was pregnant. <laughs> it was nice to see. <laughs> yeah. Can yeah. you imagine being pregnant by yourself and not having social media or any sort of input? Cause like we didn't have that years ago. Right. So that's kind right. of a newer thing that like you could literally just look up anything and anyone and find out who's pregnant. What do they look like? What's going on? Oh my gosh, look at the celebrities as many months as I am. Mm-hmm. You feel like that like helped? I think so. I think the internet in general helped. Like I would say many times, especially after, well, more so after he was born. Um, I would say, I don't know how they did this in the eighties without the internet. Like when you can't look up anything, like how did my mom do this? And not die. <laughs> and how did I not die? You know, because you can, there's just so much more at our fingertips. It is, well, I don't know about while I was pregnant, the comp, like comparing myself to other pregnant people wasn't the best. Cause you know, I, I didn't, I, I hated being pregnant. So seeing it I on remember. social media, yeah, it was not my cup of tea. <laughs> you were my favorite pregnant person I ever met because you were like, this isn't beautiful and fun and amazing, Trish. This is terrible. I hate everything. And I was like, wow, you're like my favorite. Because a lot of my friends, like, look at my picture of my belly. I'm so beautiful. And I'm just rubbing coconut oil all over it. <laughs> I, I, I think that's bullshit. But the people on, on uh, you know, social media showing off how how wonderful pregnancy is and how I mean I think a lot of my friends though they were a little (laughs) maybe concerned about how I was gonna like connect with Henry once he was born because I was so (laughs) because I was so anti I have a friend who was like it's so good to hear you talk like that I was like oh my god what did you think of course you know I don't know I just hated that part my favorite part of being pregnant um there were two one was feeling him kick there's like nothing like that like feeling another human inside your body and that was really, it was very weird at first, but then it was really, really cool. And, you know, I was thinking about the other day, like it was, it's such a unique feeling that at first it, I would get it confused with like gas bubbles. <laughs> like that's just, that's a pregnant woman thing. But then it was very clear what that like sensation was. And I just, you know, I don't, cause I don't plan on having another kid probably. So I'll never have that again, but it was a really, that, that was my favorite part that, and then not having my period, if I'm being honest, like that was the biggest vacation for me, not having to worry about that for a year. And Sharon, how old are you? I am 35. I will be 30. Yes, I'll be 36 in um, ex- almost exactly, just under two months. So, so we're we're almost exactly 10 years, right? Oh, no, uh, nine years, because I'll be 45 this year, and you'll be 36 this year. So the thing that's so neat about you is that you can connect with Gen Xers on such deep cuts, like some of the stuff that I bring up, you're like, yeah, I know all about that. But then you can turn around and anyone who's in your generation, which you, I mean, for lack of better words, you're, you're pigeonholed into the millennial generation, correct? Yes, technically, yes. And so, like, how in the world, Sharon, can you be so prolific in two sets of pop culture? Well, I think... 
a big part of it was as a kid and being an only child, which you can relate to, um, you're very much up to your own kind of um, devices or left to your own devices. You're, you have to create um, your entertainment. And for me, I really like lived in my land of make-believe that I was a teenager when I was like four or five. I thought that I was, you know, a lot older than I was. And so I was really into what the teenagers in what, I guess that would have been like 1990, um, what they were into. And so I just kind of like, and I just always kind of carried that with me. I always had a little bit of, um, it's not nostalgia because I wasn't there, but you know, I just, I, <laughs> in my mind, it was nostalgia. Um, but I just, I've always loved, I always loved eighties movies in high school and it wasn't really like the cool thing to do back then necessarily. Like I didn't do it cause it was hip to watch eighties movies. But um, I just have always, I've always really been a big fan of that decade. I guess the 80s and the 90s and the, the culture, the music, the, the movies, the TV. And I've found the time to watch it later in life. You know, obviously not live while it was happening, but I made, made the time. You know, I watched, when I lived um, in San Diego when I was in law school in 2009, 2012, I watched the entire um, Growing Pains series on Netflix, like start to finish. <laughs> Growing Pains. Oh my gosh. Which, when I was a kid... On, that was on prime time and right. we were obsessed with Kurt Cameron like he was in our Tiger Beat magazines and 16 magazines and you know he was on the wall of every single teenager or little kid person that I knew at the time because we weren't teenagers mm-hmm. we were kids mm-hmm. um, so did you was your bedroom as like a kid was it filled with pop icons from the 80s and 90s or did no, you okay. do stuff like that <laughs> No, I definitely had um, like crushes on boys that were of my generation. Like I really liked Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He was one of my favorites. So he's definitely like a, you know, my age type. Um, But because I really liked, I really, well, I guess that was when I got older. Now that I'm thinking about it, when I was younger, I don't really remember. I mean, I know that when I was a kid, my favorite movie, and this was like my first movie that I remember being my favorite was Dirty Dancing, which is so I mean, hello. It's funny that watching it now. I'm like, this movie is very much so about abortion. And it's like, way, way older than what you and I probably at our ages being exposed to it. Like I was about 12 or 13 and you must have been, what, eight or seven? I was really, really little when I was first exposed to it, like when I first watched it. But I just didn't understand, obviously, anything that was going on. I just loved watching her skirts spin around. Oh, yeah. I loved watching and music. her shoes. And the music. I remember I was telling my husband when I was a kid, I had no concept of the fact that this happened. This is how naive I was. I had no idea that it was taking place in the 60s. I thought it was the 80s. Like, I didn't notice. Like, I didn't listen to that inner, like, or that dialogue in the beginning that was explaining, you know. Hey, but between me and you, I don't think that a lot of movies, when they do period pieces, I don't think they ever get the hair right or the makeup. Have you ever noticed that? That's very true. It's true, because they still have to look a little bit, you know, I don't like know. Like, Penny's hair did not look like that in the 60s. That was totally 80s um, teased bangs. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, even, especially Jennifer, Jennifer Gray's hair, like, that was not a look in the 60s. Like, the look of maybe not caring so much about your look, like, there was definitely those people, but that's not what they looked like. Like, that was an 80s haircut, for sure. And the music. Well, think about the music. <laughs> but anyway, so you were you brought that up. Sorry that I had to go down that rabbit hole with you because that's one of my all-time favorite movies too. So you so you're exposed to this movie at a super young age and it was your favorite movie. And did anyone else in your class have any idea what movie this was? Like what was no. a popular movie when you were like, I'm going to the classics? 
which hurts me to say that, by the way, because that doesn't <laughs> feel like classic to me. But right. like, what was big? What was everyone talking about when you were like, nope, I love Patrick Swayze? I feel like I was, I'm trying to think, I guess that would have been late 80s, early 90s, because I was that, well, maybe not. I wasn't maybe that. I was probably like six or seven. So I feel like that, I'm trying to think, I don't know, now and then. I mean, I liked a lot of movies from my generation too, don't get me wrong. Like I, I never... I wasn't like a, like, I hate these people. Like, but you know, I just, it was, I liked, I liked everything. I liked a lot of other stuff, but there were movies like now and then, or little giants. There was a lot of sports movies for kids when I was a kid and I was never an athlete when I was a kid. So I think I never really connected to those types of movies. They're, they're cute and fun to watch now. Like my husband, for example, his favorite movie of all time was rookie of the year when he was younger. And I've never even heard of these movies that you're talking about, by the way. That's so funny. Well, Rookie rookie of the Year is about a kid who breaks his arm. And then um, when it gets reset, he has this incredible ability to, like, pitch a, a baseball like you've never seen. And so he gets recruited by he gets recruited by the Cubs. <laughs> and he plays for the Cubs as, like, an 11-year-old kid. And um, so my husband, big Cubs fan, kid in Chicago in the 90s, he just was obsessed with that movie. Funny story, I wanted to name my kid Henry. I loved the name Henry. And we were kind of debating between Henry and Miles. Those were our two last names. And I reminded him that the main character in that movie was named Henry. And that was when he was like, okay, fine. <laughs> we can name him Henry. Yeah, he's almost kind of named after um, Henry Rowan Gardner from Rookie of the Year. Well, because it's funny because a lot of millennials have these really classic names like just these older names do you think that that's like well how did that happen like how did it happen that your generation just was like you know oh opal I have a friend whose daughter's name's opal yeah hazel is another popular name for a kid this age I think that it's the it's just kind of that um well, the design, it starts off as like a desire to be unique, but then everybody does it, I think. So that doesn't really work. But I also think it's that, it's, it's that kind of yearning for nostalgia, maybe a little bit. I don't know. But I mean, Henry, like Henry's not a family name for us. We just kind of picked it because we liked it. We didn't decide on names that like our families or I guess names historical to our families. But I think a lot of people have broken away from that too. I think that that's kind of happening where... Um, when people are naming their children now, they're, they're kind of trying to give their kid their own identity. That's what we did. His middle name is my mom's maiden name. So it's, you know, we, we have some family history in there, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I never thought about that, but it's very true. They're like, it's old ladies. All all the little kids these days are named after. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty interesting. But I mean, I think every, every generation has this desire to do something retro, right? So like, you know, in the 90s, I remember when Bell Bottoms came out again um, from the 70s and the 60s. And like the peace sign was really big, um, like things like that. Like when you when you started seeing some of these 80s retro things happening, having loved the 80s so much, were you kind of like, wait a minute, you guys weren't into that when I was and now you guys are? Or were you like, oh, yes, bring it back? I love it. I love it all coming back. I think it's, it's, well, I feel like, like you were saying with the bell bottoms and I feel like it went from the seventies to the nineties and now that's back Like the seventies and nineties are fully back right now. Um, so I think that the eighties were just kind of in, you know, a little, like a little while ago. Um, and I loved it. I thought it was great. I think it's fun, especially working with college age people. I feel like that makes a really, it, it gives you a really unique, not unique perspective, but just 
like you see exactly what's going on. Like college age students are like 18 to 22 is the people who know what's happening. And so it's really kind of fun to see, like, you know how it is on, on like, in, I don't know, on campus, you just see them all walking around and everybody's wearing like a baby doll dress and boots and like jeans that are kind of ripped up. And, and some look like they're hippies, like totally, you know, it's just, it's really fun to see. I, I love it. I love, I'm very much a person who lives off nostalgia. So seeing all that stuff comes back, I, it makes my heart happy. Do you ever feel like, my gosh, I'm so much older than this new generation that's coming on campus that, that you, cause you, you're a manager over these college students. Do you, do you ever have that feeling where you're like, man, I'm old, even though you're only 35 years old? I ha- it's like a day, it's like a daily identity crisis. Well, not like really, but I mean, so my thing is, I, I think I'm pretty young at heart. And I have a very tight knit group of friends that we've all been friends since, since high school. And so, and we all kind of, you know, we reminisce a lot and we, we, I don't know, we kind of act the same almost as we did since high school. So sometimes I feel like we're still young, you know what I mean? It's, this is still my, my buddies from high school and half of them, you know, aren't married and they don't have kids. So, you know, it's not like I'm surrounded by a bunch of moms and dads and our children. Like it just feels, I feel young. And then I get around college students. I'm like, Oh my God, I am so much older than they are. Like I am so far removed from it, but I just, sometimes I feel like I'm not. And then sometimes I feel like I am. What what does it look like when you, when you have those moments where you're like, man, they're so much younger. I laugh. I mean, it is what it is. I don't mind getting older. Um, it doesn't bother me. And I like, you know, it's funny how it used, I've never been one that yearned to be younger. You and I know some people who definitely act like they're younger and I've just never been, I've never been like that. I've always been an old, I, I don't, I, I don't like calling myself an old soul, but you know, I like when other people call it, it just sounds like a big, like a humble brag, but, um, I just, I've always kind of skewed older. And so, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me when I feel like I'm super old compared to college students. But that's so fascinating. You're, you straddle these two generations and in, in the same breath, you're saying that you you're young at heart, but that you have this old soul. So how do you reconcile that inside of you? Like, what is, like, that's so unique. That's not a lot of people, I don't think, would feel that way. That's, that's a good point. I never really thought about that. I don't know. I feel, I, I don't, I don't know. I just never think about it. I think it's just in some ways I, I feel like I'm older. And then in some ways I feel like I'm younger. It just kind of depends on, I'm trying to think of a good example, um, but do you think that the boxes that we put people in as far as age and ageism, do you think that they are pretty arbitrary because of your own experience? Or do you really feel like, yeah, when you're a boomer, you're this way. When you're a Gen Xer, you're that way. When you're a millennial, you're that way. You know, I have an easy time kind of, you know, doing it to, uh, for other groups. Like, oh, the boomers, you know, we know how the boomers are. Um, and then, you know, millennials. My problem is I don't. I don't really strongly identify as a millennial. I don't identify as as Gen X or either. You know what I mean? I, I know that I'm kind of in the cusp, which we kind of talked about uh, before the Oregon Trail generation or Zennial, or um, I read another word for it is Generation Catalano, which is kind of funny, which I love, obviously. Yeah, I was like, that's a good one. Because obviously I, well, it was on Wikipedia, so I don't know. I, it's, you know, you take that with a grain of salt. But, you know, it's definitely they, the best description that I can think of that I read is that people in my demographic had a, 
a an analog childhood and a digital adulthood. So, Which is exactly what I had. Right, right. It's funny, though, because we're 10 years apart, but I feel like it's still true. Like, I definitely, um, I mean, I've also, I think it, you know, it can depend on your parents. My parents are a little bit nostalgic. Like, my dad, for example, has always been huge into vinyl records. And so even even as technology advanced, like, we were always a, a record house. And so, um, you know, little things like that. Um, I think can, you know, peek, sneak into your subconscious and can kind of... Well, move. are your parents considered boomers or Gen X? Yes. Boomers. My parents are, yeah, they're boomers. My dad was born in um, 52 and my mom was born in 61. Yeah, that's... Well, your mom then, technically 61 is generation Generation X. Oh, she is. I didn't realize that. When does Gen X start? It's 1960 to 19. Well, it depends on what you Google. Okay. So well, that's the point. Yeah. There, there's always a couple years. Of, yeah. So there's like, it's the last I saw was 1960 to 1980. Um, but then I always thought it was only about 10 years. So like 1968 to 1978. So I don't know, but recently I've seen a lot of Gen X posts and they're celebrating people born in 1960. And I'm like, that's interesting. I'll have to ask my mom what she identifies as. Cause I think she identifies more as a boomer. I think she too, it's actually really interesting. She's very much kind of the same way that I am. Um, in that she is, she, you know, her favorite thing to say is act your age or act your shoe size, not your age. Like she has always been, my mom is like the youngest of the young. My mom is the she used to always tell me that when she, um, like as an adult, she feels like she's playing house a lot. And like, she's kind of faking it because she's just like waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I feel like that all the time where she's like, I still feel like I'm a kid, like, you know, pretending that I'm a grown up now. So, but she's, you know, a very responsible woman. Like, you know what I mean? Like she, she takes care of business. It's not like she's, you know, this irresponsible little child, but, um, it's just kind of, it's a really similar way that I feel, but also she's very much, she's very wise and, you know, she's, She's, um, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. So I'll have to ask her and see what she thinks. Cause I think that she assumes she's a boomer, but I don't think she would want to be considered a boomer at That's all. Interesting. So when you hear people be like, okay, boomer, do you, <laughs> you said earlier that you kind of understand that, but when it relates to someone that sounds as rad as your mom, is it offensive? Are you like, wait a minute there, you can't say they're all dumb like that. So you're kind of going back to the question you were asking about, like, like putting people like, do I think they're arbitrary? Do I think, you know, I, I, I guess the general or not generalizing, but categorizing, categorizing people like this. I think that it's, you know, can be said about a lot of things. You know, the majority of the people might have certain characteristics or whatever, but, you know, you've got your individuals that are a little different or you've got your outliers or whatever. Um, so I think that, I mean, I don't. I don't think it's always offensive necessarily. It's just kind of overgeneralizing, which I know can offend some people. And I, you know, I don't like necessarily being included. Like I was in a sorority. <laughs> I don't love being included in the overgeneralization of, you know, how sorority girls are. Cause I wasn't, I, I always prided myself in being in a cool sorority with like girls that were not quite your typical sorority girl. And I thought I was one of them too. So, um, so, so, I mean, I can understand how it gets offensive to, or it can feel offensive and you can feel kind of attacked when people make those overgeneralizations. But I mean, I think by and large, I think that they, they kind of make sense. I think that, you know, the baby boomers, a lot of them do have some of those same characteristics. I think a lot of Gen X does too. And, you know, 
and I think for the, it's just, it, there's just so many different, I don't know, it's when you take individuals into account, which I like to do when I talk about groups of people, um, it does, it does feel like it can get, you know, I don't know, old, but it's not all bad. Like there's some really good generalizations like about different generations. So I don't know. I think it can go both ways. Do you think that people kind of making fun of Generation X by being like, Karen, they're just a bunch of Karens or, you know, okay, boomer. Do you think that it creates a division to where important conversations can't be had about politics or social justice or things like that? I think it really can. I think that, um, you know, millennials aren't necessarily all as open-minded as they like to, you know, we like to say we are. Um, I'll say we because I'm technically one of them. But um, I think that it's definitely more, I think I can see that happening between the boomers and the younger generations. Um, As far as the Karens, I know that you are of that age range, but I don't think of you as, I don't think it's like an age thing. I think there are Karens my age. There are Karens who are younger than me too. I think Karen is more of a, a way of being and less about an age range. So I think that, you know, I do, to answer your question, I do think that um, generalizing in that way, I think it can keep people from wanting to listen to perspectives of other people. They might just write them off like, oh, well, you're a boomer, so I know what you're going to say. Um, and I think that that's, that's not, that's dangerous. That's a dangerous game to play, even though they might be right. you got to give people a chance. You know, I think that these conversations should be had and you can learn so much from people of different generations and who have been through different things and alive at different times. Don't you think it's ironic that the millennials who think of themselves as so woke and so connected and so open-minded are the ones who came up with the OK Boomer and Karen slanders? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, it's definitely not surprising. I feel like it's a lot of, I mean, talking out of both sides of your mouth or, or, you know. What about someone that would say that it's actually just the young, the youth being the youth? I like to think that it's not. I like to think that it is actually, I mean, looking at the state of our country right now and where we are and the people who have gotten us to this point, for the most part, we're of that generation and um, uh, they're boomers, you know, like like the, the politicians and the people in power. And I think that the eyes are all opening and we're seeing that that is not what we want to have. And I don't think that that millennials and I don't think Gen X either is quite as, um, uh, they're not looked at in quite, with quite the critical eye that the boomers are looked at because of kind of what they've done to this country. So I like to think that it's, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that that's 100% the case, but I, I think that it really is specific to that group because I don't, I, like you've said, Gen X has paved the way 100% for like, I mean, there's so much that Gen X did for my generation and for, um, you know, the future ones. I don't think that people are going to look at Gen X like that. I think Karens are their own little beast and they're their own little faction. And I think that, um, I mean, there's, there's the Chads too, you know what I mean? It's not there, there, but I think that that, that behavior really spans generations. I don't think that that's specific to a certain age group because if, I mean, you see it on like Instagram or, you know, just, I don't know, you see it all over where there's people who are even younger than me who are super Karen-y and they're super Murica. And it's just because they come from a certain kind of, you know, like that's just how they were kind of raised. So I think by boom, by boomers. So I think that, um, you know, 
I, I don't, I really, I like to think, I hope that it's really just that generation. And then that's not going to be, because I don't, I mean, in the past, I don't think it's been this, um, tense or like this, uh, but I don't know because I don't really remember necessarily, but I mean, I know that there's been, there's been clashes. I know back in like the sixties and the seventies, there were definitely clashes with the older generations too. Um, so maybe it is, maybe it is a thing, but maybe it's just, that's what happens as we collectively open our eyes more and see more and understand more than we realize like the old people who have been telling us what to do actually don't know what the fuck they're doing. So, I mean, that's how I feel anyway. So I hope not. Okay, Sharon. And listeners, you made it this far. So now it's time for rapid fire questions where I'm going to ask you a whole bunch of questions and you just have to answer as fast as you can. Okay. Okay. Um, what's your favorite memory from childhood? Um, my favorite memory from childhood is probably riding my bike, um, through kind of new construction areas, like driving through houses that are being built and just kind of, I don't know, just that freedom of riding my bike as a kid. Yeah. That's a good one for me too. What's your favorite eighties band or eighties song? I think, I think my favorite eighties band is the cure, (laughs) which one of my top I was definitely very, like, I thought I was really angsty when I was a little blonde high school kid, but obviously there's another thing. I loved the cure in high school, which was not common. And I wasn't like depressed or anything either, but I just, I love their music. I love Robert Smith. I just, I love it. Yeah, he wasn't common in my school either. I mean, it was a very different... They're definitely an outcast kind of, <laughs> like, yeah, but I love him. Okay, and why did you go to college? I went to college because I was supposed to, because my that was just what my family expected. And then what's your favorite 80s film? Uh, well, is it Dirty Dancing? I, 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 so I thought about this one because that one's really hard for me. Um, Dirty Dancing and Fast Times at Ridgemont High is another one that I really love. Oh my gosh, you were just into the abortion movies of the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I clearly have a type. <laughs> it's so true. That one I understood a little bit more because I watched that. I started watching that one uh, later in life. Like it was that was probably like middle school, high school. So like I knew what abortions were at that point. So I, I got it. Um, but yeah, I definitely, definitely love those abortion films. I just love teen movies and that's like one of the best ones. It's so like, I don't know, it's lighthearted, but it does cover deep topics. Okay. What inspired you to study law? Honestly, if I'm, if I'm being totally honest, I graduated from college or I was about to graduate from college during a recession and I had to think of something else to do. I had a major, my psychology major. I knew I needed to go to grad school. And um, the law just seemed interesting. I understood it a little bit, like the the logical reasoning. And so I just kind of took that path. I should not have done it. I should have thought much more about it. But here we are. It's fine. I, I don't regret it, but I definitely should have maybe thought about it more. So, okay. If you were to stand in front of someone in a different generation and you had one sentence to give them, how would you inspire them to keep going in during the dark days? Um, this is a tough question right now because I've, I'm not finding a lot of inspiration in going in the dark. I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not like, you know, suicidal or anything, but um, I think just to keep in mind that everything is cyclical and everything comes back around. And even though it feels really crappy right now, it will get better. It might take a while, but this has been happening forever and ever. Just look at history. I think that just, you know, just know that. And, and just Look at history and know which side you want to be on and kind of let that guide how you how you feel. And, you know, even though things might be really shitty and you're really down on life, just, you know, keep in mind, like, what you're 
what the fight is for, I guess. Would that be your same message to people older than you? Um, yeah, I think that that could apply. I mean, I don't know that I feel like people older than me don't listen to advice given by younger people, but you know, um, not, and that's not always true. That's, that's an overgeneralization, but that's like my parents basically. Cause they're always like, oh, okay, sweetie, you know, like <laughs> I, I, so okay. Millennial instead yeah, of okay. Boomer. Yeah, Aww. exactly. Gee, I wonder why you guys thought that. <laughs> I wonder why you guys came up with that. That's interesting. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for coming and sharing your experience about bridging two generations, Gen X and millennial. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'll come back anytime you'll have me. Thanks for listening. And if you think this is worth listening to, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Be kind to each other, listen to each other, and let's stop being separated by our differences. I don't want to be an army.